0: Thanks for tuning in to The Scaling Therapy Practice. This is James Marland. This is the show where we ask you to take small steps towards big growth. The other day, I was looking into my website numbers and I was thinking, oh, we've had some growth. How many? And I was asking myself questions like, how many visitors did I get? How many visitors did I get a month ago, six months ago? Where are they coming from? You know, how, are they, how do they find me? What words are they using to search for me? And how do I make that better? Like, how do I improve it? How do I expand the reach? And I have a friend, Daniel Fava, who is going to do a free webinar on SEO strategy. It's called From Keywords to Content, How to Create a Simple SEO Strategy for Your Private Practice. It's coming up very quickly, September 7th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and he wants to give you some, some information about how to improve your SEO. So I'm gonna let him, uh, I copied this from his registration video. Thank you, Daniel. But he's gonna explain exactly what he's gonna talk about in his webinar. Give a listen.
1: Hey there, Daniel here. I created this webinar because, you know, I could see that there's so much confusion when it comes to SEO and rightfully so, because SEO is a very big topic. There's so many parts to it and there's, you know, keyword research, there's understanding the data, where do I put the keywords, um, you know, all this stuff. And I've seen so many people try to create SEO strategy and they do things a little bit out of order. And so really what this workshop is about is just to give you a good starting point to understand what are the key things you should do now so that you can start to create a strategy that is gonna serve you long-term in your private practice. And so things we're gonna talk about is uh, how SEO and search engines work. Like, let's just get a baseline, understanding of how things work, which is really gonna help you understand why we're gonna be doing what we're doing. Uh, We're gonna go over things like, how do you uncover how your website is doing right now? What are the key things you can look at to assess your current performance? And keyword research, Uh, that's always a big question. You know, what makes a really good keyword? How do I know which keyword my ideal clients are using? We'll talk about that. And then we'll go into more about content. How do you actually create content that is going to rank well in search engines? Uh, that's going to continue to grow your traffic and bring in more clients. Plus we're obviously going to have a live Q and A at the end of it all. So that's always good to just get to those specific questions that you might have about SEO.
0: Thanks, Daniel. So that was the webinar from keyword to content, how to create a simple SEO strategy for your private practice. You're gonna learn the top five mistakes when trying to do it yourself for SEO. Four things you need to put in place in order to create a holistic SEO strategy for your private practice. Tips, tools on your website, keyword research, and much more. That's gonna be September 7th at 11 a.m. I hope you register. Click the link in the show notes for the uh, registration page. The second update I'm going to give you is that uh, David is creating a new podcast. I don't have the name for that podcast yet, but I'll get it to you in the upcoming episodes, which also means he's going to step back a little bit from co-hosting duties. He's still going to be a part of the podcast. I'm going to bring him on for things uh, hopefully upcoming up in the next couple Episodes. We're going to do an episode on uh, webinars and how to create webinars that attract your audience. He's really good at those types of things, but he's taken a, a step back. So we're going to change the format of the show to a panel show. And I have three other members who are going to do 12 episodes with me. And then they might stay on, they might rotate off. Um, we're not exactly sure. Uh, what the rotation is gonna be, but I have some contacts in the SciCraft network and also in the therapy world. So we're gonna talk, uh, the in the next 12 episodes, we're gonna talk about marketing. We're gonna talk about the different phases of marketing from web pages to uh, podcasting, to blogging, uh, joint venture partnerships, email, uh, all uh, networking with other people, going to conferences, all sorts of things on marketing. Um, because that's what a scaling therapeutic practice needs to do is figure out their marketing strategy. So the three other members of the panel is going to be Dawn Gabriel. She's the Soul Care for Therapists podcast host. She does consulting, group co- group consulting, and also runs group on nurturing your, souls, your soul, your faith side. Um, she's just got a, a great perspective. Then we have Lisa Mustard. She's the therapy show host with Lisa Mustard. She is pretty innovative, very energetic. I love listening to her. She's full of ideas. When she has uh, on her webpage pod courses where you can get CEU uh, units or CE CEU units, where you can listen to a, a podcast, and if you want to take a uh, if you want to take uh, a test for that podcast. You get you get a credit for it, like it's pretty cool. So you could be out, you know, jogging or going through your day, listening to a course, and then sign up for the test, get the test, take the test, get the credit. It's pretty cool, pretty pretty innovative. I really like I really like her show. And then there's uh, somebody new to the network that is uh, Steve Basson. He has the podcast Finding Your Way Through Therapy. He's written a book and he's a coach for emotional management. Very excited to have him here. and what we're, what we're trying to present is different ways that we're all trying to scale our businesses. Uh, different, we're at different phases, different stages. We've made different mistakes and we want to give you a real view of what it's like to scale your practice. So we are going to be uh, having a panel discussion coming up. Um, and this is probably going to start in about a month to a month and a half uh, when we get the some of the shows recorded. So you'll find more about that and learn more about the uh, new panel uh, panel hosts. Now, I'm also hoping to get questions from the audience. It would, it would really thrill me to get some real questions that you're struggling with, with marketing in particular, that I could feed to the guests on the different shows. Uh, so if you have questions about marketing, you're struggling with marketing, you're struggling with ads, maybe you're struggling with SEO, um, send me an email, james at com, james at com. If you wanted to do an audio uh, clip, you can just record a little Zoom and send it to me at james at So That's going to start in a couple, couple months, a couple weeks, really. So that's the update. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, we want to continue to provide great content where we help you scale your therapy practice. In this episode, we're going to be talking to Alyssa, and she is going to tell us all about uh, virtual assistants, and she has just this really unique way of uh, organization and creating systems, and I really, I really enjoyed talking with her, and I hope you... Um, can listen and learn something about using a virtual assistant and creating systems. On with the show. Welcome to the Scaling Therapy Practice. This is James Marland. This is the show where we encourage you to take small steps towards big growth. Today, I have a special guest with me, Alyssa Avant. Hello, Alyssa.
2: Hi,
0: Welcome to the show. Alyssa is a virtual assistant to Christian authors, coaches, and speakers. Alyssa has 15 plus years of experience working with online professionals and business owners. She's helped many authors um, build their online presence from the ground up. And as a published author and speaker, she knows what it takes to be successful. I'm looking looking forward to have you uh, share about that. She's married to her husband, Greg, and is the mom of three daughters. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me.
0: So we're going to talk today about uh, virtual assistants and Alyssa has prepared five questions to ask yourself before hiring a virtual assistant. Before we get into that, we're going to go into our uh, tool tip or tech of the week. Alyssa, do you have a tool, tip, or tech you wanted to share with the audience?
2: Yes, absolutely. So my favorite tool right now for managing projects, and it works really well if you have a virtual assistant, um, is I use the tool Asana, and okay. Asana is like a project management system, and it has lots of bells and whistles. Um, you can use the free version, or the paid version has a few more upgrades and things that you can do with it but it helps to manage a team if you have one or looking to build a team because you can use or or have everything in one place and can communicate back and forth without having to chase, you know, your emails.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've seen a lot and I hear a lot of people who like Asana. What's like the killer, killer feature of that that you're like, oh, I'm so glad Asana does this?
2: Well, the main one that I like, because a lot of the tasks that I do are repetitive, um, I like that it has reoccurring tasks because I have used some systems in the past that did not. And, you know, sometimes you just forget like little pieces. Like if you have a system for like your podcast, for example, there might be a step that you're forgetting every time. But if Mm -hmm. you put it in there as a reoccurring, like you can create a project and all the tasks be reoccurring. And then set it to, you know, you can set it weekly, monthly, daily, every how often you want it to pop up on there as a new. Text. And that allows me to not miss a step when I'm doing something for myself or my client.
0: Awesome. So I use Trello. Uh, I've, I've been using Trello for years. Sometimes I like look at, you know, Monday or Asana or ClickUp and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, maybe something's better. Trello has been working for me. So mm-hmm. I, it's hard to like want to jump out jump out of something that works. Um
2: that's right. And I've had people try to get me to go to like to click up or Trello, yes. you yeah. know, whatever. And I do have some clients that like try that are using something like that. And actually what I did, I just did this last week, I set up a Zapier app
0: uh, yeah. there,
2: Trello information into my sauna so that I'm I'm still utilizing what they're using so they can, you know, set it up. But and it's helped me to kind of organize things because having to open all these different programs was really, you know, hard that's, to deal that,
0: with. that's cool. And uh, that is uh, Zapier, Zapier, whatever. I call them Zaps. Zap is uh, something Zap. that, that can save a ton of time. Um, I, I run this uh, Facebook group called assistance automation and AI and Daniel Fava from private practice uh, uh, Elevation was like, oh, I love Zapier, so I'm gonna have to probably dip my toes into that. Well, thank you so much for that uh, tip. I think uh, those project management boards are just phenomenal for keeping <laughs> keeping everybody on track and on the same page. And also in the virtual world, like you need something that is asynchronous. I think is the word. Like you you work on it. At different times than somebody else works on it so keeping track of those is is highly important uh i'm gonna I'm just gonna share about what I was just talking with uh, uh alyssa about is the uh I have this AI recording tool that's integrated into zoom called fathom and it records the the present this this zoom meeting that we're having and it will give me a summary at the end it will give me all the questions it will Uh, it will give me highlights or suggested highlights. I can also highlight things on my own and then I can share it and save it uh, with just the highlights. So you don't have to watch the whole meeting. Um, It's just a pretty cool tool for uh, using AI um, and show notes. Like I could use it for show notes. You can use it for team notes. You can use it just for, Uh, What were a customer service meeting where somebody records a problem, you can just click a button that says review, you know, problem identified, and then you can just save that as a highlight and share it. It's uh, it's pretty neat. It it uh, I I have the free version, which was just an integration. I I was just clicking around as I do in Zoom and like try this integration. I'm like, sure. So uh, try it. It's just fathom. And uh, I'm on the free version, so I'll give it a try. Do you have any questions about that?
2: I don't, but I do want to give it a try as I have some, I, I have a podcast that is actually a solo podcast, but I, every once in a while we'll have a guest for a special project and I'm going to have one soon. So I would like to check it out to use for that particular episode.
0: Yeah, give it a try. I, I think uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm a team of one, but well, and when I record, I have normally two people, and it's just been nice to share it with them. So that's that's our tool tip or tech of the week. If you want to, if you want to share your own tool tip or tech, you can uh, send me an email, look me up on Facebook, and I will definitely uh, share that with the audience. So we're going to get into our main topic. Um, Alyssa, you are a virtual assistant, uh, and you probably. Uh, we'll just share share a little bit about how you got to this place in your journey, and then we'll get into the uh, five questions to ask yourself before hiring a virtual assistant.
2: Okay, great. So this kind of goes back um, over a decade because I was um, just about to have my second child and had stepped down from a job in ministry to stay at home with my kids mm-hmm. and was looking for a way to work from home to make an income. I was on one of those old school forums is what I call it. (laughs) And it was uh, like for work at home moms. Mm -hmm. And I had a blog at the time, just kind of recording my life as a new mom. And I was sharing in the group that I was looking for something and someone reached out to me. She was actually from another state. And she said, I've read your mom's blog. I really like it. Would you be willing to do some ghost writing for me? Mm -hmm. And so she gave me a call on the phone. We set it up and I started ghostwriting articles for moms for her. And that sort of took off. I did that ghostwriting um, gig for about three years and got kind of burnt out with the writing. But I learned um, over that time, I learned about websites and social media and all the things and started to put together those things for myself and my business. And then other people. Um, I went to my first conference, like business conference in 2009. And um, other people started asking me, Well, how did you do this? And how did you do that? (laughs) And they hired me to do it. And the rest is history, basically. I began to niche down into who I wanted to work with Mm -hmm. um, and what services I wanted to provide. And it just, you know, it kind of morphed over the years into what my business is now, but that's how I got started.
0: Okay. So, uh, yeah, bring us up to date. What do you do now?
2: So now I am a um, Christian virtual assistant to authors, speakers, and coaches, and I primarily help them with three different areas of their business. So I do consulting to those those groups of people. I also help them with email marketing, with social media marketing, and their Mm -hmm. website. So I will help them keep their website up to date. I will help them create a marketing you know, plan for their social media and schedule that out. And um, my biggest offer that most people um, have hired me for is helping them to set up their email list and, get, and begin mm-hmm. to build a list. Because so many authors, new authors especially, aren't aware of all that it takes to do that. And it's a lot of moving parts. And so they uh, need you know, what I provide as a service to them.
0: Uh, So what does building an audience or an email list do for people? A lot of people in this audience probably know some of this, but what does it do for authors and speakers as your, you know, what problem does it solve for them?
2: Well, most people don't realize that it's not in that publishing world, that even if you were a traditionally published author. They expect for you to have a platform or to have mm-hmm. a, an audience already.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And you don't own your audience if it's on social media only. Right. You do own your email list. And so if you can have a email list of people that, that are ready to open your emails, that have said, yes, mm-hmm. I want to receive your emails, that looks really good in the publisher's whether you're traditionally published or if you're doing it independently i work with a lot of in, independent authors it it gives them someone to promote to someone to sell to because that is a captive audience that already likes what they're providing on social and in their newsletter mm-hmm. and things like that um because you know we can anybody can publish a book these days but is, is it gonna sell? <laughs> question
0: <laughs> I know I know the tools are right there but right. will it like without an audience, the best book is not gonna sell.
2: That's right. So it gives you that audience um, and a captive audience because you know there's so much that people is buying for people's attention. There's so much mm-hmm. noise. Um, but if you uh, have that list and you have people that are regularly opening your emails, you can sell you know your books to those people, and that would be your target audience. And mm-hmm. the people that are looking for the problem that you solve as an author. So,
0: Okay. I'll ask another question about email lists. Like what what is a good, what are two or three good choices for an email list? Like MailChimp oh, or ConvertKit uh, or something? So
2: this week on my podcast, I talked about the top three. Oh, cool. Mail service providers. So if you go to the Christian Business Advantage podcast, that's what this week was about. And oh, well.
0: Great. Do you got a highlight then?
2: But I'll highlight it and say my top two, my okay. top two are um, Convert Kit and mm-hmm. Active Campaign. I use Active Campaign. Okay. Convert Kit and Active Campaign are my top two. There is one more if you want to go listen to the episode that I recommend. <laughs> and sure. Past episodes are like 12, 11, 12 minutes or less.
0: Okay.
2: Um, Unless I have a guest, which is very rare, but when I do have a guest, it might go 30 minutes, but I have short tip type, you know, podcast episodes that are, you can listen to like, you know, in the time it takes you to do the dishes or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Go get the mail, walk around the the corner. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Great. Oh, well that's awesome. So I'll make sure to put your uh podcast in the the show notes. Um I think that'd be an interesting uh listen to and also just uh something you can do you know relatively quickly some quick tips. All right. Uh so let's talk about the topic which is the five questions to ask yourself before hiring a virtual assistant and um yeah, so why don't you just take it away and start with question number one.
2: Okay, so question number one is, am I willing to let go of control? <laughs> uh, when, used, when you're used to doing something yourself, it is very difficult many times to let go of the uh, reins and allow somebody to help you. So if you want to grow, there, you have to be willing to let go of some control.
0: Yeah, uh, I've definitely had um, experience that managing the virtual assistant company. So what are are some signs, if you can identify them, that you're struggling to lose, to let go of control? Like what's some of the behavior you would see in somebody who might not be ready to let go of some control?
2: Well, they, one of the, another question that we're going to get to is like helping the person know what you're going to outsource to that person Mm -hmm. and if you're not willing to let go of control you can't even make a list because Mm -hmm. like oh well you know i can do that i can keep keep (laughs) you know it's kind of like when you're trying to clean out something and you Mm -hmm. don't want to let go of memories or whatever um it's the same thing like you can't put down on the list what someone else can do because you think it's something you have to handle and everything you have to handle. So that's a big one for sure.
0: Um, how do you help somebody overcome that?
2: Well, um, one of the things that I do is help them to see what the result will be. Like if you didn't have to do X, Y, Z every week, and mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. what
2: could you be doing? Um, and help them to see that, you know, they have an area or a, what I call a zone of genius that mm-hmm. It is important that they need to share with the world and they can't do that if they're spending time, you know, putting their nurture sequence in their email management system. Or if they are spending time scheduling out their social media or, you know, updating their website, all those things um, that tends to take a lot of time away from what they need to be focusing on.
0: A lot of a lot of times, what I would see is uh, they would uh, the the therapists, the practice owners would delegate the email to the virtual assistant, but then check the email, and then then it would recognize the email program would recognize that the email was read, so the virtual assistant wouldn't see that they needed to do it, and then things got missed, and then they got mad, and they're like, "Well, if yeah, you would just like let that- us." do uh, our job or <laughs> yeah if you would just let us do what you you said and and then you know have some sort of verification system not a duplication system you would feel better and we we would be less stressed because I don't know if you've experienced this but the virtual assistants would get stressed out when they're they were kind of helicoptered like don't you trust me to do my job it's taking twice as long to do it yes yes you got to. You, you have to trust that it's going to get done and verify it, but you don't. You have to, you know, let go of that sometimes. Like that, the, there's just no, uh, there's no benefit in having an assistant if you can't let go.
2: Right, exactly, and that's where you get into it not being a good relationship or mm-hmm. good fit. Um, I've had that happen in the past where. You know, they wanted to micromanage is what I call it. And um, it wasn't a good fit for me because I was on the end of being the VA who Mm -hmm. knew I could do the job and do it well if they would just allow me to.
0: Okay, great. All right. So first question, am I willing to let go? What's the second question?
2: The second question is what do I not enjoy doing even Mm -hmm. if I can do it? So there's a lot of things I can do but what do I not enjoy doing so that I can hand that off to a virtual assistant? That way, you know, when you get to the point of hiring them, you already know what what are some of the things you could should outsource. And, um, you know, my example is I can do my books, for example, mm-hmm. but I hate, and I hate trying to figure all that out and it gives me stress. Yeah. So, hired a bookkeeper (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know that was my example for that but it um it will make it easier if you choose to outsource something you don't necessarily enjoy
0: uh so do you have a trick on helping people identify some of those things they don't enjoy
2: well i i would say when you get ready to do task what is what is the task you put off the longest because Mm -hmm. for me it was always the bookkeeping stuff (laughs) <laughs> because I didn't enjoy it and I hate math. So, you know, I'm a writer and a technical mm-hmm. person, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: never enjoyed math. So I realized that because it would just pile up, you know, and then I would be so behind and it would cause even more stress.
0: Ah, very good. Uh I I've recommended to people like just as you're going through your day before your virtual assistant, write down the things you are doing and then just either put a green or red check mark or maybe even a number from one to five i love this i hate it and then see if you can figure out can is it possible to delegate the things you hate now if it's if you're a therapist and seeing clients is something you hate you probably can't delegate it
2: yeah (laughs) maybe you're in (laughs) career (laughs)
0: because there's some some things as a business owner or the main you know provider of service you have to do but i i love the fact that you got to it's easier to delegate things you don't like doing. That's that's great. All right, what's uh, question number three?
2: How much is my time worth? So a lot of times people are are concerned about spending money, but if you are able to consider if you're making a higher income than the hourly rate of the person you hire, then you're going to end up making money from this Mm -hmm. process.
0: Uh, How would you help somebody identify what their time is worth.
2: Well, um, what do you? Well, it's it's probably easier for like a therapist than it would be for an author because an author mm-hmm. gets a lot different. That's true. So, you know, what is your hourly rate? Um, but also, what do you? What are you able to accomplish? You know, are you able to like for an author? Are you able to write? Uh, you know, three thousand words that day because you're not dealing with all these other mm-hmm. things. So interruptions and
0: yeah thanks
1: exactly.
0: yeah yeah uh i think it, the podcast manager tools called it like manage management economics or something like if if somebody can do the same task for a lower rate of pay then yes. with a similar outcome then it makes sense to delegate that task to that person and wow. i think we get trapped in Question number one, right? Like, oh, I don't yeah. want to give this away. I can do this. And we don't recognize there are other people, like a virtual assistant, who can do your books for you for similar or lower rate of pay. Even if it's the same, let's say, you know, you're paying somebody $200 to do your books every month and it takes them two hours. So they're getting $100 an hour, but it takes you four hours and you hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Like you're hating your life every minute. Like are you doing it? Like it just makes sense to to delegate it, even if you're breaking even. Um
2: even if you're breaking even because time yeah. a lot, you know, it's probably more valuable.
0: Um, and I'm sure I've seen uh calculators online for like wage calculator, like real where, you know, put in your numbers and this is what your hours worth. I don't, I don't have that, but that, that's something that can probably be searched out. Uh, what's uh, what's number, question number four?
2: So question number four is, what is your communication style? Because many times the communication or lack thereof between a VA and the business owner is uh, what can make or break that relationship. So if you're pretty hands-off and quiet and you don't you know, require a lot of checked in, you need to know that about yourself. You need to know, you know, whether or not you're, keep in mind if you're super chatty, you might spend a lot of time with that VA mm. and most VAs do require, um, if you're on the phone, they charge you for that time. Yep. I had someone tell me one day, you know, I didn't know you were going to charge me for the 20 minutes we talked about my project. Well, it's the time that I, you know, I'm spending time on it. Um. And yeah. so, yes, the clock is the clock is definitely running on that time. So um if, especially if they're working hourly, some some um, VAs are going to work uh, package and it might not matter right. as much, but they're usually going to cost a little bit more as well. So,
0: yeah, so, I do some social media for some people and I put the the price of doing the social media separate from like meetings, you know, yeah. if we're going to if we're going to like. Setup is different, but if we're going to meet, you know, if we have frequent meetings or project management meetings, if anything over like 10 minutes is, it's like, I'm going to charge you an hour. <laughs> you know? Right.
2: And that, some like, people don't understand that, but that's just the, you know, but if, but your communication style is key though, to know, because some people, uh, some VAs um, are going to Resonate with you more than others based on, you know, maybe they prefer a specific mm-hmm. patient um, or you prefer one or the other. And uh, that VA doesn't work in that way. So it does, you know, it is a lot of times uh, about that your personality and style of doing things, whether or not it's a good fit.
0: So working, working for an office might be different than what you're doing. um, yeah. uh. What my when we set up the uh, the virtual assistant company, I liked frequent communication, what rather than like monthly communication. I felt like like even weekly fifteen minute meetings with an agenda that shares like the results of all the things that they've asked us to do, like uh, the call logs and like conversion rates, and if they were doing insurance problems, like are we solving the insurance problems? Just frequent checkups kept the kept the car on course instead of heading into the ditch, I guess. Sure, and, yeah. cool. and if you didn't have these frequent meetings, even, like often people would be like, everything's going fine. We don't need to meet as often. So they would stop meeting for a month or two. And then these micro problems would creep in. You, I don't know where they come from. They just come from like skipping a step or missing an email or somebody updated something in one area like a price or like uh what was one of the big things um like availability like schedules and availability and somebody right. didn't update something and then all of a sudden a therapist doesn't have their schedules half full for 2 weeks because the something got missed um so and then there's a customer service issue
2: you know and you're
0: like and then then right. trust is lost and like now your car is heading into the ditch where if you would have recognized, you know, three weeks earlier, oh, we're drifting this way, you could solve it. So I always, I always, I always went to the uh, defaulted to more, more communication, more frequent, short communication over, you know, oh, let's have an hour long meeting and hash out all our problems. I just didn't like that. What, what's your, what's your preferred right. style? Well, I
2: don't mind having frequent meetings I have some clients that I do a weekly meeting with but not every mm-hmm. one of them but at least I check in via email with yeah. what I've done which is more mm-hmm. um at some of, some people I do that every week I send them a report of what I've done um I usually leave that up to the client whether they want to do a call or they want me to send them an email on a weekly mm-hmm. basis, but at least on a weekly basis. I don't do the monthly thing because like you said, a lot can go off track. I also will tell a client, I'm like yesterday, for example, I had a client who had texted me on Monday and they had texted a really long, you know, summary and stuff. And I'm, I don't really like getting text messages
0: from
2: nope. her that I would either like for her to us to get on a phone call or for her to email me a summary of what these updates were, um, because it would be easier for me to track. And so we actually did a 15 minute call and I was able to go back to our last meeting and she had updated some deadlines. She needed to push them out, but because of her, her schedule, not mine. And Mm -hmm. yeah, the text messages, I don't mind a text if it's a quick something, but like, a ton of information. I almost always can you, you know, get you on know, a-
0: Send it to me in an email or voicemail list. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so hard to Absolutely. Follow-up. I miss, uh, uh, if I'm going to miss anything, it's because it came to me through a text and I, yeah. I either didn't understand it or it was like buried or I can't move it easily into my, you know, Trello board or on my checklist, my Google checklist. Yeah, text. Texting is my least preferred method of communication, yeah. especially because you can get them at any time, night or day. Like, you know, like, oh, I have this idea, blah, 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 blah. And they text. And then you know, you
2: might read it, but not like,
0: not, oh, I'll get to this Monday. You know, I yeah, got this and over the you weekend. that
2: they ever sent it because, you know, you're not, it's not like your inbox where you open it back up and there it is and you can unread it. You know, you can't do that. So yeah. I knew she had texted me and I was actually, um, Moving into this office, like I shared with you that. It,
0: <laughs> you had a lot going on. Yep.
2: I was like, I don't remember what she said. I even went back and read it and it didn't make a lot of sense. I reached out to her. So I definitely, and that, that kind of uh, leads into the last question on this series. Sure. Actually, because um, this, this communication and, and how often is the question? How often do you wish to communicate? Because everybody's communication style is different, but everybody's expectations a lot of times are different as well. So, like I said, I usually use either email or phone, um, had clients in the past who wanted to use something like Slack, if you've ever heard of that. Oh yeah. um, And, um, so I don't mind using something like that. I currently don't have any clients that are using Slack, though. I use it with my interns that I have in my business. Um, but communication takes over two questions because it is a huge make or break in, um, working with a virtual
1: assistant.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, getting set on how often is, is key. I do, I do, I would recommend if you're not doing it, if you're not having some sort of conversation weekly, the email, the voicemail, uh, some like, even like update a card and asana or something like these are the things i accomplished you know do you have any questions
2: have a way to track it
0: oh man it's 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 so helpful to have that documentation especially especially when there's problems i don't know about you but often the virtual assistant would be doing things um and uh if if they didn't document it then the owner would come back and say why aren't you doing this and then the, if there was no documentation, you're in trouble, even though you're like, I was doing what you told me to do, or I was doing what I understood you told me to do. So having the, the, the regular documentation has saved us, even if they're like, oh, I don't have time for meetings. You know, I don't have time to come check in with you. Having, having your little weekly form, these are the things you assigned me. These are the things I did. These are the questions I have that are stopping me from advancing can you give me some advice you know give me some
2: yeah absolutely
0: something to do on it and then then there's just no excuse you know oh why did you do this well because i told you i didn't have enough information uh, this is what i think i should do the deadline is coming up you know what what do you want me to do so uh yeah documentation and frequency of meeting is i think is critical and i think it builds trust. Like if you're a practice owner or you're a, you know, somebody working with a virtual assistant, the more frequent contact you have with them, the greater trust you build. And the more trust you have in the relationship, the faster you move. Like it's just, and you can't do it. You can't, you can't microwave it. And I think it's very difficult to do over email, you know, build that trusting relationship. So, you know, the, the 10 or 15 minutes you deposit weekly is going to compound over time if you're frequently meeting with somebody. So that's, that's my my experience. Uh, so um, so those are the five questions and you have a handout on that, right?
2: I do. I do. And um, I gave you the link because it is a little bit of a long link if you'll put in in the show notes for them. Sure.
0: Absolutely. I will put that link in the show notes. So if you want to like examine that a little further, um, I'll also put the podcast in the show notes. Before we get to the one thing, where can people find you now that we're talking about like handouts and freebies and stuff? Where can people find you online?
2: It's com. Okay.
0: So it's A-V-A-N-T. AlyssaAvant and Company.com. All right. Uh-huh. And uh, are you on uh, social media at all?
2: I am. I'm on Facebook. It's the same thing, um, just Alicia Avant and Company. And then um, over on Instagram, it is Christian Business Advantage because it is for my podcast that okay. I'm ma- mainly on Instagram for. So that's over there as well.
0: Great. Awesome. All right. So, if people were going to just remember one thing, you know, one thing about some of the advice you've given or one thing about the episode, what's the one thing you'd want them to remember?
2: I would say that uh, be willing to, you know, be willing to admit about yourself what it is that you're struggling with. So, if you're struggling to let go of something in your business, if you're struggling with a particular piece of your business, that's probably the area that you need that help with the most, but be willing to, you know, be vulnerable a little bit about where you're struggling so that you can let go and give someone else some time mm. and that it, it can help you in your business and it can help you, you you to grow as well.
0: Awesome. Well, my, uh, definitely my one thing, I think is like a combination of a couple of your questions. It's like, there are things that you either don't like doing or you're not good at. Yeah, you've got to yeah. identify them like yeah. and there are people in the world who love doing those things. It's right. crazy. I know. But if uh, I love putting together podcasts and I use a program called Descript and I drop in the audio and like make things sound nice and I feel good when I do it. And there are people in the world that they'd rather go to the dentist, you know, than produce a podcast or they'd rather, you know, be in the rain for five hours than do anything technical. There are people out there who love to do what you don't like to do. And the second thing is with that, you know, value your time. Your time is super valuable and there are only certain things in your business you can do. You, you, You might be the only one that can give supervision or you might be the only one who can make contracts with people or do some of the You know the advertising or the marketing type stuff, going to conferences and meeting people. You're you're the only one that can do that in your business. So why not free up more of your time to do the things that generate more income for you by hiring somebody who likes doing what you don't like to do? Just start there. I think that would probably be the easiest place to start. Can I hire somebody for two or three hours a week to do something I don't like to do? (laughs) so uh yeah that that would be my one thing just value your time and find the people who like to do things you don't like to do uh so Alyssa, uh thank you so much for joining me
2: well i really appreciate you having me on the show it was a lot of fun
0: and everybody uh please check out her podcast which is christian business advantage christian business advantage right Uh, And that's on all the podcast players. I am definitely going to check out some of those tips because I love those short shows that have just a quick tip that I can use. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Remember to take small steps towards big growth. We'll see you next time.
1: Psych Maven is proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice Podcast. And if you are someone looking for ideas that are tailored to your own personal style, on how to scale and grow your own impact and income as a mental health provider, we hope you might check out our free online assessment. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, you can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results, so you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. Find the assessment at stp.psychmaven.com. That is stp.psychmaven.com. Have fun with it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Scaling Therapy Practice. I hope you enjoyed the show. I want to remind you that the content shared today is for general information and entertainment purposes only. It should be considered as legal or tax advice. If you need a professional advice in those areas, please consult with a licensed attorney or accountant. But thank you so much for listening. The Scaling Therapy Practice is part of the SciCraft Network.